Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company, particularly for this hour. Every day, just gone midday, Australian Eastern Standard Time. That means it is time for the call. It is uh, 10 stocks suggested by you. Uh, two experts with their analysis of them, all done in 60 minutes. And uh, delighted to welcome to the call today our expert panel, Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners. Adam, good to see you. Thank you. And Jumbay Lu from Tribeca Capital. Jumbay, good to see you good as well. You. Welcome back. All right, let's get stuck straight into it because... I, I come up with one stock of the day, which is a bit in the news, and see if opinions change on it. Our stock of the day is Splitter. The buy now, pay later space continues to soar, with Splitter shares climbing 108% yesterday. Yep, 108% to $1.38. On news, it has entered a multi-year agreement with MasterCard, both in-store and online. Chief Executive Brad Patterson spoke to Ausbiz yesterday and says the company has not yet provided guidance on the potential full financial revenue arising from the deal. Take a listen to what he had to say. We're not providing guidance on this at the moment. It really depends on our ability to execute after this agreement. Uh, the, the opportunity is enormous. Wherever you see your MasterCard accepted, wherever you see your MasterCard cardholder, uh, that is an opportunity for us to be relevant to those cardholders and to those merchants. So, but we need to execute, and we we prefer to execute and share the results rather than project what that will be in the future. All right. Uh, basically, uh, uh, the response was yes, great for the business, but its to, um, um, its future and financial impact will depend on how well we execute the deal, and that's uh, that's what happens with a lot of these big deals. Great for a company, but do you have the management to actually handle the growth? Uh, Jumbay, what does this do for the stock though? Look, I think if anything, it does provide a huge um, endorsement for the business model itself. Um, now that they signed up with pretty much all the big credit cards, um, you know, here in Australia, yeah. um, it does mean that um, it is a you know it's it's been going very well. It's a very viable option um, as additional payment option for um, for consumer. So um, you know, obviously, uh, share price has gone up a lot. Um, yeah. Earnings has gone up. You know, there's been upgrades on the back of that, um, and um, you know, but it does make this stock the most expensive on every metric across that whole buy now pay later space. Is this the new afterpay? Can I get on board early? But it sounds like no. <laughs> no. But, well, the, the main thing is that because it is three dollars, it's a small well, in terms of the market cap, it's not as large. Um, but oh. I think what investors now is paying for a huge amount of future earnings um, and right. potential. So very expensive. Would you go for anyone in this Sector. We like Zip. We think Zip is on a really good trajectory. Now I've got a very good foothold in the US yeah. um, and we think they will do very well there. And Sezzle is the next one. We do think it's, look, okay. it's earlier stage. It's the cheapest in okay. that space. Adam, what do you think of Splitter? 
Yeah, look, I think it was a good announcement and, and the headline read well. So that's probably yeah. what the market captured <laughs> yesterday. And we did a couple of, I did a couple of trades yesterday at 88 cents and we're out at sort of a dollar ten, you know, that kind wow. of thing. So we made a bit of money in the intraday trade uh, that happened. Wow, and you can look see at that, that chart. You can see yeah. the chart there where yesterday and what? even today it's uh, rallied quite hard uh, on, on the back of that as well. So um, I think, you know, with this one and, and the whole buy now, pay later sector, it's, it's very uh, loved at the moment. It, yep. is, it is the golden child of the ASX. And it's air basically all, hot. Isn't yeah, it? it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yep. a market darling. It's the hot sector at the moment. So hot money's in there and right. it could continue uh, for, for a long time. However, if we do have a little bit of a bump in the road and obviously if Afterpay don't get the numbers that they want, or those uh, the, the customers and merchant numbers and those kinds of things, Potentially, that will take a bit of the shine off the sector, and yeah. you will see all things starting to move down. So, um, I'd be cautious here where it right. is with Splitted at the moment. And they actually did come out uh, re, uh, the, after that announcement of Mastercard. They they re came out to the market and gave extra terms, right. which wasn't in the first one. The, uh-huh. the the actual came out and said it's a five year agreement with Mastercard, and I think the market was thinking that this is an open ended. Uh, agreement with Mastercard. So they had to clarify some of those uh, finer points. So that was probably uh, why the stock sort of had a bit of a lid on it. But today, looking very good as well. Right. You're a buyer of it. No, I'm. I'm with Jumbo. Yeah. We're we're on zip. Right. That's 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 okay. my play. Uh, okay. So it, it, it is <clears throat> it is a good story, but I prefer a traditional buy now pay later versus okay. the market. Says uh, No, <coughs> I, I'd leave that one alone. Okay. All right. There you go. That's the uh, analysis and um, really good analysis too because you could be forgiven for thinking, okay, this is just a, a baby of these, but uh, Jumbe and Adam were saying it's fully priced in in terms of all the multiples. Let's get stuck into the stocks that you've suggested for us today. Thank you for doing that. First up from Tanya. And uh, Adam, um, mm. Tanya wants an opinion on Live Tiles, a, a software company that uh, cloud-based digital workplace software but uh, yes. big government as well as big business and education uh, yeah it, uh, it, it, it's an interesting little business because uh, uh, you know the market cap on it is quite small and and it, the share price has actually done well it's had a hard time over the last sort of even year now it's been sort of in a steady decline so these guys do uh, teams which is a, uh, a inter workplace chat room that you can sort of talk to people inside of that Uh, and there's a couple of other products that they do with employee engagement and things like that look i I think this one i'm neutral on this one so i'm going to sit on the fence on this one i'm not going to say it's a buy or a sell Um, cash receipts were a little bit weaker this quarter they got about 10 and 10 point something million in cash receipts that was only up by four percent i think the market's looking for growth in this story and they're not getting that growth there's a bit of r d going in at the moment but and also they've uh cut back cut back on their capex so the the actual spending we thought that this would do quite well in the COVID environment where you've got all these people scattered everywhere and they can all talk on these chat things that really hasn't come through. So I'm neutral oh, on the story okay. at all the right. moment. Look, with this one, I'm going to uh, have to stick to um, my you know, fundamental invest, um, investing thesis is that um, the management have come, in, come through and trying to explain to me what it is and why it exists and where exactly does it sit. Maybe because I don't really have the technical mind. I never really understood it. Right. So I kind of know it sits there, but yeah. I don't know why it exists. So, right. you know, providing those chats, but there's plenty of chats around. There's plenty of other yeah. things around. So, so it's so, a, sort of a little 
version of Slack is. Is that that sort That's of right. It's a bit like that. That's right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So everyone uses it. Exactly. And so, and it has a very high cash burn. Um, mm. You know, so it looks cheap on the EV to sales and sort of multiple yeah. uh, when you compare to others. But the cash usage is enormous. So, um, you know, if something I, that I can't understand, then really understand its customer proposition. Yeah. Um, I kind of just will stay away. Um, yeah. for, for the point. <laughs> and, uh, but that's a. It's sort of a classic Warren Buffett principle too, is that if you can't understand the business, why would, why would you invest it? And there are a lot of stocks, a lot of businesses like that, aren't they? You need to see the value proposition for the customers and, yeah. and, and it should be very clear, you know, why, you use simple language, why do you exist? Why do people need to use you and not yeah. someone else? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but I, I, I just didn't quite yeah. put my finger on it, so I kind of feel... And to Adam's yeah. point, if this is meant to be their sweet spot, yes. everyone's working from home and you're not capitalising on it, it says, well, maybe your customers don't rate you and, yeah, that's and right. rate the other platforms. Yeah, or, or a lot of cloud businesses should do well in this yeah. environment. That's, yeah. They really and should. And they are. And, that, and we have seen that yeah. moving forward. But yeah, I, I don't see it okay. with Lifetiles. So. All right. So a note for Lifetiles there, Tanya. Our second stock has been suggested by Peter. And uh, Jumbay, one of the um, the big sort of <laughs> financial <laughs> conglomerates that uh, have had a tough time over recent it years, has, haven't they? which has been incredible. It's funny. Uh, when I first moved into the market, start looking at investing, people always say, look, if the long-term rate's going to go out, you buy QBE. If the rate's going to go down, you sell QBE. Uh, it's just one of those macro core sort of stock. Um, but the company, um, for many years, ever since they bought into the US and those um, farming coverage insurance product has uh, gone through a very tough period yeah. because they move into space they didn't understand. Um, but then in more recent years, when commercial rates started improving, so the business is actually in a better position than it was. And more uh, before the COVID uh, event, um, the business is actually gaining a bit more momentum. So things are actually looking pretty good for it. Um, but of course, when COVID hit, um, they uh, came out, raised money to be conservative. Um, you know, they also hit another uh, roadblock, which is causing share price weaknesses because the, uh, you know, the business continuity insurance coverage in the US, um, you know, it's different from Australia and US when business Business doesn't oh. operate. Insurers cover, um, you know, the pay, payment to, uh, to to employees. Um, oh. Whereas here, the so government pays it, part yeah. of it. That's right. So it's this is actually, but then it's very vague. So it's actually sitting in the court at the moment, and I can see those insurance businesses will be fighting to death. Yeah. Um, so it will take years to come through. But that it, this is what has been weighing on the business, um, on the stock price, really. Oh. Um, but otherwise, the underlying commercial rate is going actually going quite well, and that core case might take years to come through. So yeah. all in all, it's very cheap in this environment, gives a good yield, a very defensive, raised money, um, and the earnings actually gaining a bit more momentum. Okay. So I think it looks okay. okay. It's a buy. Adam? It's a buy. Mm. I'm going to disagree with you. Mm. Our analyst has got a sell, and he's had a right. sell on it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I, I do agree with him. I think it's a sell. Um, Insurance and reinsurance is somewhere that I don't want to get involved with. There's a lot of people with a lot of mathematical degrees that try and pick weather patterns and see how these things are going. I just don't need to be there for this one. We've got some other, certainly some other exciting stocks out there in the insurance space that you could potentially look at. But uh, for me, QBE isn't one and right. they will continue to struggle. And it's been a, when Franco Halloran yes, was in yeah, there, yeah, yeah. that was a fantastic business. He yeah. left that business and it's never really recovered since that. So yeah. I'm, I'm a seller of QBA. Okay. okay, but there are other 
Well, good insurance plan. Yeah, well, IAG, you right. know, you potentially, but it is very expensive as well. So you've got to be a little bit careful with that one. Yeah, uh, actually, in the insurance space, if you go smaller, there's a couple of good ones. So um, because of commercial rates, so um, Steadfast yeah, um, is one that you should buy. Insurers broker yeah, yeah. Uh, because of rates, they leverage the earnings leverage to the rates, um, mm. and the rates been growing. So yeah. their operating condition is actually really strong. Okay. Um, so they, these are the much more pure play, and then domestic as well, without the exposure to international yeah, uncertainty. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting when you go overseas, um, particularly insurance companies, mm. just what local regulations, how they oh. dictate, because you think, oh, well, uh, they wouldn't be affected by COVID because it would be an exclusion in every policy. Oh, and, absolutely. And in the US, it's not. Yeah, and that's going right. going to have to fight it in the courts. Wow. What, you what's another, don't need that. It, there's <laughs> also another interesting thing, I think, in Australia, uh, apparently, with the casino shutting down uh, by, uh, shut down by the government um, in, yeah. imposed uh, restriction. Um, apparently, it's also covered by some insurance company oh. as well. Um, not QB. But right. some foreign uh, insurance company actually covers okay. that. So that's, you know, right. there's, there's a lot of fine lines and yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, we've got Crown Resorts coming up later, so <laughs> they, they could play into that. Um, all right. Our, uh, our third stock um, comes from uh, Roger and Adam, uh, Southern Cross Media. Yeah. Um, had a bit of a run a couple of weeks ago. Didn't Did. Up, um, owns all the, uh, a lot of... Um, uh, radio stations around the country, the triple M's and the like. Yeah. Um, okay. So again, at these low prices, I probably think it's okay to hold it, uh, but I'm not a fan of radio. I'm not a fan of this type of communications. In fact, any kind of media is a really tough space to be in with the internet because it really basically has decimated anything that's got to okay. do with it. So here at 1920 cents, look, you'd be okay to hold it. Uh, potentially, you know, it's got some support around that sort of 14 cent level if you wanted to sort of trade it. But um, I think the valuation uh, doesn't really sort of support too much down here. And I think that the growth of the market segments that going forward are going to be very, 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 very tough. So, you know, you think about the normal person who probably listens to, listens to radio for 20 minutes a day. That's yeah. in the car on drive time on the way in and on the way home from work or, or things like that. Uh, and then it's really about advertising dollars. And then really how can an advertiser quantify actually how much have my reach? Yes, we go out to millions of people, but actually was my ad heard and do I understand it? And this is why sort of businesses like Ausbiz is fantastic because you can actually see who's listening, who's doing things because yeah. it's, all, it's all metrics. So I think they're going to fight against a lot of these kinds of things going forward. Um, I think that they had some, um, some issues with COVID as well. They had some headwinds going forward. I mean, people couldn't come into work and you know, all these kinds of things. So I think once, they, once we get over that, I think it's a, it's a hold from here. I wouldn't be buying it. Right. Okay. Is, is my uh, look at that beginning of uh, twenty nineteen on the chart? It was dollar twenty. Yeah. Now it's twenty. Yeah. Yeah, wow. uh, it's incredible. And they did a big raising as well because practically they were losing money. Uh, right. They're still losing money at the moment. Uh, look, the, the, I absolutely agree. I think this uh, radio, it is the, in that structurally challenged space. Um, mm. You know, the, they were structurally challenged um, for many years, even before this event hit. Um, and uh, and then because they undergoing such, um, you know, a, um, a period where they have to cut costs and doing all these things, um, you know, a lot of their shows just aren't exciting enough. Um, I think they're trying, you know, trying to yeah. innovate and trying to bring new fresh They've blood. They've got a good podcast business they, that's going through it, but 
it's not a big enough part of the business to mm. make a substantial difference Absolutely. on the loan, is it? So yeah, they're trying right. new things, but you've got to really ramp them up to replace some of your traditional that's right. assets. I that's still hard. remember during the heydays of media, you know, maybe yeah. 10, 15 years ago, I still remember talking to um, Southern Cross back then, I think it was called Austereo, Austereo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, they were saying, look, you know, our show every se- seven years, will your life cycle for show every seven years, and then there'll be new people, you know, around five year mark will bring new people and then there will be new. But these days mm. you look at the, you know, the host and everything, they last much, much longer. Mm. Uh, this across every platform, it's just because- Not that tradition- there's anything wrong with that. And, and, uh, absolutely, no. The anchor <laughs> is very strong. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about radio here. They, 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 they originally hired me for three months, and that's almost 18 years ago. So, so it's weird. It's yeah. a mistake. Strong anchors stay on. They bring audience. So, right. but uh, you know, but for some show, it's, it's certainly you see that struggle, um, yeah. and uh, so they struggle to innovate, um, and uh, and then it's about advertising dollar, and in this environment, really just that shakeout because yeah. there's just no money coming through. Well, it's expensive through. to get a high profile like you know alan jones he's he's now leaving yeah. the, that shock jock kind of thing has now started to move away that's People right aren't going to be listening to you know maybe the ray hadley's of the world will you know sort of pick up mm. but yeah for me and also you know you look at the younger person they don't really no. listen to radio um mm. younger people don't even watch tv it's it's all youtube or you mm. know streaming and that kind of thing so I think the dynamics of a radio listener Mm. is changing. Certainly for the older generation, um, they've always got the radio on. That's Mm. not a problem. But are they big spenders? I don't know. So it's a tough space for me. All right. Mm. So Roger, I know on Southern Cross Media there. Um, Jean-Bay Roberts suggested EBOS Group, which is in that healthcare, medical and pharmaceutical products. Uh, distributor marketer of, mm. of products and also the vets, isn't it? In the, the vets, um, the, in the yeah. that's right. Yeah. So essentially, they just uh, like a logistic company. Um, yeah. They're like the Sigma, like the API, which owns the price yeah. line. They just shipped all the um, you know pharmaceutical medicines and things to different pharmacies. Yeah. Um, and big part of their business is uh, to the hospital as well. So what's really changed? So it's a very defensive business, um, but not much growth. Um, government fund most of those um, pharmaceutical delivery um, and then you make some margin on sh- shipping other things like beauty products and things yeah. so but over the last few years what the big change was that uh, 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 Sigma used to distribute the um, chemist warehouse products okay. um, they had that it was the biggest contract um, but then uh, because chemist warehouse is a large volume business been growing really fast um, you make very small margin out of it um, so at the end that relationship broke down and the chemist warehouse took that relationship to eBoss ah. um, and so that has caused significant impact through that market structure and um, so now Sigma is sitting there with huge amount of cash that's coming back because of the working capital and eBoss has invested significantly trying to accommodate that um, you know chemist warehouse business now how they may go we'll see from here on all we know is that chemist warehouse provides good volume but they're very tough negotiator yeah. uh, they're going fast but they're very tough negotiator so let's see how we go um, it is uh, not cheap it's on 19 18 19 times but earnings very defensible and, and then it provides a dividend yield so it's Look, not much growth, but uh, it's so defensive. So it's, it's an early, early part of the changeover, is it? The chemistry yeah, it's still very early. So we don't know how successful it will be. Right. We still have to see. Because it's great for revenue and mm. volumes, but it's the margin that you need to flow through to the bottom line. That's that right. Will be the issue. And you have to invest uh, one or $200 million in working capital to bring on the um, chemist right, warehouse. Okay. Yeah. Adam? Mm. 
Uh, I don't know too. I didn't know too much about this uh, company when I first uh, started looking at it. So it, it's a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, first thing I always look at is free float. Now there's about 50% of the stock is free float, so it is quite illiquid as such. So if any uh, trader wants to be in and out, it, it doesn't trade a lot. And we saw on that chart where it sort of just it sort of blocks. Blocks. Mm-hmm. So that means yeah. it doesn't trade for days, and then there might right. be a trade, and then it doesn't trade oh, for days. Is that the reason for that? Yeah. Right. So. Okay. Um, yeah, so there you go. So those straight lines is basically that nothing's been traded or that the price has stayed the same. So mm. people are happy to buy and sell at those prices. So for me, I, I'm always concerned about liquidity. I think that's something that you need to be mindful of because we call them lobster traps. Once you're in, it's easy mm-hmm. to get in, but it's hard to get out. And right. so that's that's what we've got to be careful of. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, is I've got a fantastic defensive business. And with COVID, a lot of their products would have been in demand. Mm. So that that is a positive uh, for them as well. But just on that tradability, it's a no from right. me. Okay. I wouldn't buy it, but I, I think if you've got it, you definitely hold on to it. I don't mm. think there's anything wrong with it. Yep. And with the Kevin's Warehouse, and I think they did a seventh community pharmacy agreement as well. It just went through as well. That's a positive for them as well. Mm. But for me, it needs to have more volume and I'd be cautious on that one. Yeah, and and the owner has been selling down as well, the big shareholder, Uh, has been selling down every six months or so. So that's that's always one thing that for something so illiquid. Well, that's probably helping liquidity further down the track. But the question is, you just brought on a big big client and going through that transition and then you actually still have the owner selling down. So, yeah, all right, be careful. careful. All right, Uh, there you go, Rob. Uh, Good analysis of the EBOS there. Uh, Our fifth stock, uh, Jumbay, comes from Tom, DeGray Mining. It's a gold mining explorer um, in WA. Just raised $31 million in April to uh, explore mm. a, a new project. Mm. So look, it's a, it's a kind of early stage um, gold um, explorer business. Um, so early stage as in, you know, at least they found the gold. <laughs> so right. it was really good. <laughs> at least they're not like the really early where you haven't found anything. So they found yeah. something and yeah. it's quite meaningful. It could be substantially meaningful. Yeah. Um, so they're in that good spot where they found it and it's a good reserve and they're not yet in production because gold you know, gold mining production is generally filled with risks because yep. it's, you know, it's difficult, it's hard and it's costly. And most of them, you know, cost blowout and everything. So they're still a few years away from the production. So right now the stock is in a good spot. Um, it will do well and then it will move with um, the uh, gold prices um, simply because of the gold reserve that, you know, it is sitting on now. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam? Yeah, so uh, this one, had, I mean, the, the chart says a lot because basically over the last uh, six months, the actual stocks now really started to rally. So it, it's basically this thing has been looking and looking and looking and looking and never really did, did anything and now started to move. Right. I, I like gold stocks. I think they're, they're great um, in that it is a speculative investment. So for all investors, they must be very, very careful when you're getting into these things. And especially when the stock has rallied from sort of eight cents up to 60 cents where it is at the moment, it certainly has rallied hard. So I'd be cautious of that. Um, what, what we need to do is obviously be careful of the, obviously they've got a fair bit of resource base there at the moment. So it is, it is still in that junior space. Look, overall, I think gold as a commodity is still got a lot to go and will still do very well in these uncertain times. So I'm comfortable with the gold space. However, DeGray is probably one of those ones that I think has run too hard 
and there's some fantastic other stories out there. Smaller companies, Musgrave, uh, Capricorn, uh, Regis, even for a bit more of a bigger right. one, there's right. probably a better story going right. forward. So. I don't have, haven't had many buys today, Koshi. Um, this, one, <laughs> this one's a hold from me as well, if you hold it, but I wouldn't buy any, I wouldn't buy it these days. Okay, levels. but Musgrave, if you want. So is that, say you like the gold sector, Yeah. and you go, all right, I'll have a mix of gold stocks, if you, if you want to get yep. in. So you have your Northern Star, Evolution, mm. Newcrest, all at the top. Yep, yep. And then you have your middle rankers, yep. and then a couple mm. of specs down the bottom who may have been exploring and actually found something. Yep. So, so Musgrave is in that yes. sort of de grey area, but yes. a better bet. So yes, so it's it's one about management. Yep. Always the key in mining stocks because they can keep control on costs. That's the biggest thing, costs. Right. When you're exploring, you know, drill rigs, people getting them out there in the middle of nowhere and punching holes in the ground is very expensive. And if you can maintain those costs and management are very, very good at that, mm. then from there, it's then how much is it gonna to cost to get out of the ground or how big the resource is and then how much is gonna get out of the ground. So those kinds of things are, uh, when you're in a small speculative yeah. stock, management yeah. is absolutely the key. Right, mm. and so keep them in a, in a package, though, if you like the sector. Yeah, yeah. Have a, have a bit of the top end, the middle, and the bottom end. Well, Evolution came out today with a bit of a downgrade on one of their sort of smaller mines as well. Right, so okay. that was a little bit of a slip up, and they're very good management. So it's yeah, it's very, it very tough space okay. to be. All right, mm -hmm. undermines that. Uh, there you go, uh, Tom, degrade mining. So just a bit of a, um, a recap on our uh, first five stocks uh, today. Split it a no from both uh, Jumbe and Adam. Uh, because it's all being built in. It's quite expensive when you look at the multiples, probably more expensive than, than Afterpay. Um, both of them like Zip and uh, Jumbe like Sezzle as well, if you want a, a smaller one that could be a, a baby Afterpay. Uh, live tiles are hold from uh, Adam, City on the Fence, a no from uh, Jumbe. Uh, Jumbe quite likes QBE, a sell uh, from Adam on QBE. Uh, not for Southern Cross, either of them. EBOS, no. And DeGray Mining, a no. But if you want to get into that smaller speculative area, uh, Musgrave might be a, a better investment for you there. Um, let's go on to our sixth stock. And Jumbe Steve has come up with one of the big four, Westpac. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think about the banks? Uh, look, honestly, most of the banks, they pretty much perform in line with each other, aside from, you know, CBA is trading at huge premium to the rest of them because it's, yeah. it is the leader, it's the quality and, and all of that 50% premium, which is pretty high. So look, I think um, overall the banks looks not too bad, just given what we have heard so far uh, from the retailers, from other economic data that seems like things are, you know, recovering as the way we expect. But yep. look, it was still a bit of risk of, you know, whether it's a longer U-shaped sort of recovery. Um, but they are cheap. They're sitting in that space where they potentially will give you good dividend yields. Um, you know, I much prefer to sit in the NAB than the other ones, um, right. you know, like the Westpac, because it's going through, it's still got a lot of legal case, um, the executive shake-up, but it's still yet to take place. Uh, right. Well, it is taking place. So uh, whereas NAB is recapitalized, they paid a dividend, um, you know, got a new CEO and who has really good uh, background. And uh, so we think that's a better place, the bank, relative yeah. to the others. Okay, if I expanded it to the big five, mm. 
with Macquarie. Oh, okay. Would yeah. that change? Oh, yeah, yeah, view? yeah. Look, look, Macquarie absolutely is uh, the one you want to sit in. Right, um, okay. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, this environment is great for Macquarie. Earnings looking, uh, there, there is a bit of earnings hole next year because they do a lot of trading profits. So this yeah. year's profit looking great. Um, but next year, you know, they need to find ways to f- fill that hole. Right. But look, in two year, on two-year view, Macquarie is great right. because it benefits from this current environment. Um, and it's very entrepreneurial, that business. So yeah. you know it knows how to make money. Yep. Um, and that's where you want to be. It's expensive, but it's, um, that's yep. definitely the leader. Adam, first up, Westpac. Yeah. And then by itself. And then how would you rate it rate in the it big up. five? Yeah. Look, uh, Westpac, look, you know, there, there's, 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 more, there's a lot of trouble still with Westpac. And look, I think you pointed it out perfectly. There's, there's so much more that, you, that the banks need to go through to get out of this at the moment. And the problem is with banks is that the, since the Royal Commission, they've basically turned around and said um, that when we're not letting you do this, this, this and this. So their growth prospects for the banks have been cut in half. You know, yeah. we, we've seen that time and time again. The other side of it is is that since the GFC, they have made sure that the banks are capitalised to the to the nth degree, and that, that yeah. it's called that you know, CET one or that um, that uh, cost ratio. It's not, what am I talking about? Not the cost capital. ratio. Capital. 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 Yep. Yeah, capital ratio. <coughs> so that capital ratio has been absolutely high. So that's been fantastic for yep. for us uh, to weather these storms, which are in at the moment. So mm-hmm. that that has been really good. But going forward, where's the growth going to come from? Dividends are going to be cut. We know that. Um, is there going to be more severe loans being sort of taken back? Uh, and we don't know the, how that's going to play out. I think Westpac, for me, is a buy. I'm comfortable with buying Westpac. Comfortable with buying CBA. I know that it is a little bit overpriced, but I think it is the best bank in Australia. And so I'm really comfortable being there. And certainly if I had a choice out of the top five, it's Macquarie. Macquarie has the global growth. Macquarie and Shamira's done a fantastic job. Plus also, they always under-promise, but then over-deliver. So yeah. every one of their results, they come out and say, oh, next year's going to be a little bit softer. And they sort of prepare the market for it. Yeah. And then lo and behold, every year they come out and they kill it. You know? yeah. So um, Macquarie definitely, and, and for me, it's Macquarie, uh, CBA, Westpac, NAB and ANZ last. Right. As a group, if we go back to the top four, retail investors, average investors love them, you know, love the big bangs, good dividends, which are under pressure at the moment, delayed or cut. Mm. But over five years, have they really delivered? No, not really. Um, I think in terms of capital return, hasn't been there. No. But the dividend has kind of been there, but it's been gradually revised down. And in the most recent result, recent results that pretty much except. NAB, well, CBA paid and then NAB paid a little bit raising money and paid yeah. dividends. Mm. And then the other two, they deferred. Um, yeah. And the smaller ones, they all deferred their dividends. So, yeah. so far, it's actually been a challenging period. And we think the banks is not going to return to the previous high ROE type right. of business anymore. Mm. It, it's gonna, going to be an NTA business. They will trade right. back to their NTA and they will sit there and provide a yeah. little bit of dividend. That's Are you it. a bit more optimistic on that? Or? Uh, look, you know, I mean, you, 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 for most investors, they should be taking a three to five year view on any of these investments yeah. that they do and potentially within that time we would have moved on and potentially the banks might have t- caught a little bit more Gee, of there's favor. lots of potentialies coming out in that potentially uh, yes potentially, potentially there is uh, possibility <laughs> there's a lot of strings yeah. there's a lot of politician answers there um, but yeah so like i think over time 
the banks yeah. will do well. It really then comes down to how they're going to grow, and I don't know that yeah. they've got that growth lever to pull at yeah. the moment. Yeah. I think it's great that they did revise their dividends. Yeah. I think it's absolutely prudent that they turn yeah. around, and albeit self-managed super funds and self-funded retirees are hurting on the back of not getting a dividend because yeah. they do rely on that. Yeah. I think it's prudent for them to do that. I just feel that that growth lever is going to be hard for them over the next coming couple of years. Okay. Actually, right. that's a really interesting point. That's true. And because they're so focused on cutting costs and also, you know, Royal Commission yep. and all of that, mm. um, they've lost sight with, um, you know, what w- made them different. And that's why all the fintech has been doing so well because yeah, the banks couldn't keep up. Um, mm. They don't even have one single system that can, all the division can talk to each other. Yeah. So that has created yeah. a lot of opportunity for those fintech. Eventually, yeah. banks will just go out and buy them because they are just incapable mm. to reinvest and completely yeah. revamp their own system. Yeah. Well, mm. Westpac has reinventure and sort of, I suppose, that's the one giving it a shot, is that um, mm. they own Uno Home Loans and a couple yeah. of the other little mm. things. CBA bought Klarna, was it Clara, Klarna? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Klarna. Klarna. Yeah. yeah, so they bought yeah. that sort of fintech space, but that's still struggling. Yeah, uh, yeah. and tiny well. by comparison mm-hmm. to oh. what their organisation I think that's is, what right? the issue is, because they don't have one big system that can integrate that. That's their yeah. problem, yeah. because it costs billions of dollars to actually rewent everything across the yeah. um, the whole thing. So whatever they buy just sort of sits on the side, sort of doesn't get integrated. Them. I think yeah. that is the okay. issue. Yeah. All right. Mm. All right, let's, uh, there you go, Steve. Good analysis of Westpac <laughs> there and also the big five banks because I know how important they are to a lot of average investors' portfolios. Um, our seventh uh, investor investment suggestion, Adam, comes from Zach, Australian Ethical and Ethical Wealth management company based in Sydney, uh, almost $4 billion in funds under management yeah. and really manages it on behalf of a lot of different superannuation yeah. funds. This has done really, 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 well. really, really well. Uh, it, they actually did, I think, a one for 10 consolidation, I think it was. So the stock was actually over $100 or something like that. And then it got pulled back to whatever the price is. And then it's continued to move higher as well. So it's done very, very well. Um, look, it's, it's done well on the back of investor psyche looking for a environmentally sensitive or an environmentally conscious... Look at that 12 months. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so it's business. done really, really well. Yeah. Really well. Started the year at $1.80, now yeah. $8.45. Yeah. Well, it used to be $108 or something like that, and then yeah. it did the consolidation. So, you know, you look s- at the pullback in March... Yeah, down to two dollars, and, and then just kept it's going. It's quadrupled. Yeah. So the the thing is, is obviously it doesn't have a lot of free float again. So that's mm. something that we sort of be a little bit cautious of. And if anybody wants to get really set in it, yeah. they have to bid it up. So right. you mm. know, you've got to get this self fulfilling prophecy moving forward. And you know, I get a lot of investors ringing me saying, "Okay, I want something ethical. I want something socially uh, yeah. ethical." And this has got a funds management business as well as it's listed on the ASX. So it, it is a great one for brokers to be able to go, okay, hand on my heart, yep, client, this is a great story and we can put some money into it. Because everybody is looking for that to feel yeah. good about their investments. And you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but you'd be laughed out of the room if you were looking for a green investment because it never made any money and nobody ever wanted yeah. to go there. Now it sits front and centre of minds of a lot of investors yeah. and that's so what they want to do. So their managed funds, though, yeah. actually do perform? Correct. Right. Yeah. 
So, okay. so they've got yeah. a screen that sits in Bloomberg and they are able to screen every company on the ASX, every company in the world mm. as to their ethical rating and then they go in there and then they investigate and then they invest in those companies. Okay. Yeah, it's a very good business. Okay. So it's a buy. A buy of these it's a buy. prices. Wow. Yep, absolutely. Oh, look, I I haven't looked at this company for a little while. I had a look. It's done mm. so well. And it is so expensive, yeah. <laughs> you know, for a funds management business. Um, I thought Magellan, you know, we love Magellan. I thought Magellan was expensive. Magellan <laughs> trades on 22 times earnings. And we think, geez, that's expensive compared yeah. to Panda yeah. on 10. Um, and, uh, but this one's on 100 times earnings. 100 times 100 earnings. 100 times PE, 20 times revenue. Right. This is just incredible. But look, it's track record of the continuous um, funds uh, growth that makes like $150 million a quarter consistently, just incredible, very, very consistent. And I do believe that quite, quite a big reason for that is because of the ethical bias. Um, and uh, and then just that consistent, their performance kind of okay, you know, in line with the, a little bit outperforming the bench and the like, but it's that ethical bent that just puts it um, as part of a core portfolio for a lot mm. of its clients. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks really consistent. It's just very expensive. Um, you know, my preference will probably sit in with the Magellan, just given right. its options, growth options and the like, and global and the but like. But like Magellan, it's about mm. funds uh, inflow. Funds growth, exactly. And, and you don't want to be in a business that's shrinking, losing Pendle, money. Right, <laughs> yeah, shrinking, right. Yeah. And then it's you getting look, better, it's getting, getting better. It's getting better. But yeah, that's what you look for. And if the if funds under management are growing, mm. like Magellan was the only one over the last quarter or last mm. six months that actually had positive inflows, mm. everybody else had outflows. So, yeah. you know, mm. that kind of business is very, very good. And the ethical side of things is very, very strong yeah. inside of investors' psyche at the moment. They've, they've really picked a niche and it's surprising not many others of the mm. fund managers have said, okay, we've got to be in that, mm. let's compete with them. Yeah. I think somebody else set up one, um, that was Nathan Parker. Um, uh, yeah. from Perpetual. He right. set up an ethical fund. I forgot the name of yeah, it. I, I think that's got a, quite a nice flow as right. well recently, but that these are not listed mm. on the ASX. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you're right. There hasn't been I, many I use options. I the uh, beta shares one, the ETHI, uh, E-T-H-I, the E-T-H-I okay. is, is, is oh. an interesting one that, that has done very well also. In, and I use that for my ethical side for clients. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. So, yeah. oh, good alternative. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, thank you for that suggestion. Zach, our eight stop, we sort of talked a bit of a bit about it, Jumbay, haven't we? Um, Zip, uh, used to be Zip money in that afterpay space, but but also got a lot of other things as part of it. The afterpay mm. uh, part of Zip money is, or Zip is um, <laughs> certainly dominating uh, because that's the story around at the moment, but they're a little bit broader than that. Yeah, they're a little bit broad, broader. They actually have a loan product, um, so it's up to I think fifteen thousand um, dollars. Yeah. So this like company, a personal loan, personal finance. That's product. right. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually a bit, um, you know, makes more money <laughs> compared to the afterpay. Yeah. Um, so you know, so the margin is actually higher from those loan product. But of course, the fastest growing side is the from the you know buy now pay later space. Yeah. And that new entry mm-hmm. into US, well, the new platform into the US, I think um, the future is uh, is enormous. Um, and another good thing about this company is that, um, you know, Afterpay, because it's done so well, um, and to justify a buy rating from many analysts, um, you know, they have to put big expectations on there. So every quarter or every, you know, time when they release their data, there's a lot of expectation. You miss a little bit, share price can fall a lot. Yeah. Uh, whereas Zip is still up and coming. So, you know, the, the expectation is not yet there. So, you know, they, there is some, but, uh, you know, right. they're still building that momentum. So, um, you know, so the chance for them to outperform is much much larger compared to the you know the the top player um, right. afterpay. Right. 
So you'd be a buyer zipper. I'm absolutely a buyer of zipper. Yep. It's a table thumper. <laughs> For me, a zip is a table thumper. So yeah, QuadPay was the acquisition that they made in the US. Yeah, I think they paid probably paid a little bit much for it, but I think that's worthwhile to get that growth. And we've seen some charts of QuadPay versus Zip and versus Afterpay in the growth in the US. And QuadPay is definitely outstripping uh, Afterpay. However, Afterpay does have that sort of groundswell behind it, which is moving. And yeah. and and look, they're they're touted to get another sort of ten million users coming through in the next quarter. So. It's absolutely huge what they're doing. And I think it's right for Zip now to get into the US and via yeah. that quad pay acquisition. So I think it's yeah. the right move for Zip yeah. to then to, to bolster that growth going forward. So it adds another one and a half million customers, another three and a half thousand merchants to Zip's book yeah. once this transaction does go through. So that's fantastic. But then also um, Zip has a, a better regulatory overview. And I think I like that because the buy now, pay later sector has been under a fair bit of scrutiny yep. of mm. late. And so Zip has a better uh, uh, way of uh, getting their customer uh, details and making sure that they're not sending out bad loans. So again, that is another yeah. one for me. But really, overall, we, we've been we like Zip, and I've got it in my super fund. I think it's a fantastic business, okay. and, and it's a buy. All right, Sarah, can we uh, bring back the five-year chart for Zip? <laughs> I hate this stock. <laughs> uh, I really do hate it um, personally because it was twenty eighteen. Um, I was a um, original investor of Pocketbook, ah. which was a great little business, a great yep. app that was bought by uh, Zip yep. in the beginning of 2018, mm. and they paid shares in Zip for it. And it was about the time that the Senate announced that inquiry into... Ah, uh, yes. that's uh, right, that's right, later. yeah. And I got scared. I thought, oh, no, Here the regulators go. are going to yeah. get stuck on Here these guys. Go. So what did I get out at? About 50 cents, 60 cents? Oh, you made some money? So, yeah, yeah, I made it on the pocketbook <laughs> side. I, but I've just watched it go up and I haven't bought back in because I thought, nah, nah. You know, when you make yep. a mistake, you yep. don't want to admit it and Absolutely. get back in. And my stubbornness, I've missed all of that. So Yeah. <laughs> but even at 6.10? Yeah, I, I still, still a good price. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. still, still, I mean, right. on metrics, yeah, it probably yeah, looks a little bit expensive, but I think overall, okay. it's a fantastic business. And it's very telling when you say you've got it in your own personal suit. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. There you go. You've got skin All in disclosure. the game. Yeah. All right. Um, our night, there you go, Shelley. Uh, good story around Zip. Uh, thank you for that suggestion. Christopher has um, suggested we have a look at Self Wealth, uh, which I hadn't heard much about it's an online uh, broking service flat fee nine dollars fifty a trade regardless <laughs> of trade size so it's a disruptor to the stockbroking business we hate it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good sign for the business. <laughs> uh, look as an investment i think it's actually done well because uh, i have sat down with self-wealth a couple of times over the last couple of years and right. you know they were trading at sort of five eight cents and things like that's 35 cents today so yep. they're actually doing it and they're actually capturing market share really on the back of flat flat brokerage. I mean, yeah. everybody loves that because, you know, you yeah. can put a million bucks through and look, it's gonna cost you 10 bucks. Um, so, you know, I think that is good. The, the actual system is actually quite good. The platform that they actually run off, it's not researched by anybody. So it's really quite hard to get a view on right. this. Okay. However, one thing that I d didn't like about it is the founding managing director has left the business. He says he's still in the business and will look after it but he's basically stepped down. 
Now that's probably a, a function of when you bring a business to market that potentially the management that bring it to the market aren't the right ones to take it forward because yep. you need a different type of certain type of a mm. management to keep ASX and everybody else happy. But um, yeah, when you see the founding directors like moving away, you get a little bit concerned mm. about how the business is going. So look, I, I, I'm from a broking firm, so I'm going to be very careful what I say next. I think it's a, it's a good business and it does offer a, a, a lower cost option for people and everybody's looking for lower right, cost options. Sure. I mean, it, it just makes sense. And the platform is actually quite intuitive and they get a lot of data out of that as well. So for me, I think it's a buy. However, I would just be cautious around that management change. Okay, Look, I think um, uh, you know current environment for that business is fantastic because there's a lot of volume, a lot of turnover, especially from the retail side. And when you're offering the lowest cost, is, cost is great. Um, and um, uh, the one thing is though that space is competitive, okay. and you know how long that competitive edge of the mm. cheap offering is going to last. So we don't know. Um, yeah. And um, so that can get competed away quite quickly, uh, especially if that high volume environment going to maintain, going to remain. Mm. Um, you can see lots of people cutting their prices. Comset may well do, um, yeah. just given the amount of spike they're experiencing at the moment. So, um, so to me, it is a very competitive space. But then you have the management that's kind of not there. Um, you know, for yeah. early stage businesses, it's always the the executive, the management that's uh, you know they're, they're the heart and soul of those mm. businesses that take it forward, right? Because so, it can be seen in two ways. The mm. Adams way, they're not the right people to mm. take it on for growth, but then the other side could be they could be but they just want to cash in Mm. Uh, they listed got the pot of gold Mm. They're serial entrepreneurs. They want to do something else. Yeah, which look, is bad. Yeah, yeah, look, I just think the the view for for those businesses, those entrepreneurs, they like, like exciting. You know, look, they want, they're here to make money, and yeah. they make their money. But if there is, you know, often the, it's not just about the money. It's their baby. You know, if they see huge amount of growth, mm. you know, you you want to be there. Yeah, but like if you Larry are kind of yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to be there because you see you can grow here, grow there. There's so much organic opportunity. Yeah. But look, if you you know kind of go, okay, well, I've done big part. There's still a lot of growth, but you know, I make my money and uh, then I move on. So it's just often um, you know the next person that comes in, whether they have enough vision to take it forward, and when it's not at that big dominating sort of market position yet. Mm. Um, you know, when you're a dominating business and mature and everything, it's a very different management team you sure, need. When it's so. still growing, it's almost often need that you know, vision yeah. and strategy, that yeah, sort yeah. of, yeah. yeah. So do you like flag. that or would you be a buyer or? Uh, no, uh, no. No. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Our final stock, uh, Jumbei suggested by David, is Crown Resorts. Oh, yeah. Um, building a beautiful looking building next door to our Braguru Studios. <laughs> Amazing. But, Absolutely. Uh, but have been doing it tough because of the lockdown. Yeah, the lockdown's been doing tough. Um, share price actually performed quite well in the last little while. Mm. Uh, just people like to play that reopening theme. Yep. Um, you know, in a couple of months, maybe it will open up and things will look better. Now, this company does have better assets and better growth opportunity compared to the star, um, simply because, you know, it's got Barangaroo coming up. Um, and it, Yeah, Melbourne, it doesn't mm. have issues with Queensland and all of that. So yep. premium assets, um, you know, that is um, earnings going to return because, you know, Casino is something that um, people don't stay away very long mm. from once yeah. you can start going there. It's a form of entertainment as well as mm. yeah. ways and to have they are fun. That's entertainment right. complex. That's that, right. Yeah. So that's absolutely coming back. Now, um, also to endorse that, recently the, um, you know, the, the private equity um, player um, you know, in, from the US has taken a stake 
in the company. Um, thinking about potentially you can do sale and lease back. They're very experienced in buying casino asset in the US, um, and uh, so you know they're looking at potentially you know all these asset premium asset you can really do sale and lease back. Maybe th- you know it would release a lot of capital for a Crown. Yeah. So it's all great and positive. Only thing is, <laughs> so only problem is at the moment because they, uh, um, you know, there's been investigation into its high roller VIP space, um, anti money laundering sort yeah. of thing. Um, you know, that investigation has been delayed because of the COVID lockdown, but that's still ongoing. So it's still hanging around. Them. And it'll be pretty damning when it does start come through oh, okay. because it was a little bit murky. You know, with the VIP Very market so. where you take the Asian high rollers to here. It, you know, isn't well regulated. So um, there's likely to be more negative news on that okay. front. Adam? Uh, I'll go keep going on that VIP yeah, because yeah. really that's basically what's going to... Because that's their high margin. Correct. Mm. And that, that's where they're going to get the recovery from. It's not really from the mums and dads coming in, spending 50 bucks or going to the restaurant yeah. and having a little flutter. Uh, it is basically those VIPs, and we've seen a 93% decline in VIP revenue over the last three months obviously, because no one's traveling and they can't bring these people in. Um, Crown had to sack 19,000 people uh, over across their whole um, uh, restaurants, gaming and everything. So they've got to ramp that back up again. That's going to take some time as well. Uh, For me, uh, look, if until those VIPs start coming back, I mean, you can see the market has had that V-shaped recovery because they are playing that thematic that everything's going to open up one day and that'll move. I think that's probably going to come undone a fair bit due to the fact that the numbers that potentially the market's thinking is going to be good is going to take a little bit longer than expected. So for me, it's a sell. I prefer maybe Star Entertainment uh, or or really the casino space has been pretty, it's been pretty anemic for me. So I... uh, and I think Pack is still a seller of the business, so right. you know I okay. don't I don't think yeah for me no. It's a hold for me, hold? but I have yeah. a preference for Star Casino. I think that's a buy. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Mm. Okay. So if we get just uh, recap the last five stocks, uh, Westpac a no, oh a yes from Adam, a no from Jumbay. Both of them prefer Macquarie um, over the big four banks. Uh, Australian Ethical uh, a yes from Adam, a no from Jumbay who prefers Magellan. Uh, a big thumbs up from uh, from both on Zip. Uh, Self wealth a, a buy from Adam, a no from Jumbay on Crown. A sell from Adam, a hold from Jumbay, uh, but prefers Star in that area. That's our ten stocks. Thank you for suggesting them today, and and um, really appreciate uh, the analysis and comments from Jumbay from Tribeca. Thank you for that. Thank Have you. a great weekend. And also Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners. Adam, good to see you. Yeah, thank you. All right, now, if you want to suggest any stocks for next week when the call comes back on Monday, you can email them at thecall at ausbiz.com.au or send the suggestions through on Twitter using the handle ausbiztv. Mm-hmm.